Welcome to lecture number nine of Dr. Peterson's Psych 101 Introduction to Psychology Short Lectures. In this series, in this lecture, we'll be talking about the behaviorist movement, which largely influenced the United States uh, psychology, but did have some influence across uh, the world. Uh, but to begin, I kind of want to give some background. We have been talking about uh, the beginnings of the scientific movement within the field of psychology and we mentioned that uh, it started with uh, Wilhelm Wundt opening his first psychological laboratory and with that he developed a method called introspection where you would give a series of words and look at the first uh, recollections of what the person stated and that gave you some type of access to the mind and then uh, evolved into Freud and his movement and uh, the Freudian theory of the unconscious. And here in the United States there became a very uh, disgruntled view of these types of movements because they started to have more of a philosophy flavor to them than they did a scientific flavor to them and there was a group of psychologists here in the United States that felt that psychology was just going to become again another branch of philosophy and not really a science as it uh, was originally supposed to become with Wundt's um, laboratory being open. And so really the champion of this first movement was John B. Watson who uh, wrote what was known as the Behaviorist Manifesto in the early tw late 20s, early 30s of the 1900s. And uh, uh, what the Behaviorist Manifesto basically is going to be is it's going to be a treatise of what psychology should be. And basically what that's going to state is that psychology as a science should be a science of behavior that just like in the rest of the science it should be limited to those things that can be objectively observed and what can be objectively observed while well, we can objectively observe a stimulus in the environment that then uh, is is directed towards an individual and you can see the individual's reaction or the individual's behavior so you can see a stimulus and you can see a behavior and you can measure those two things and so just like the hard science hard quote-unquote sciences they were trying to create a science more aligned with a natural science of observable facts quote-unquote and this is going to take hold here in the United States. Now, it's not going to take hold in, in the rest of the world as much, but here in the United States over the next 50 years, uh, the majority of psychologists are going to just study stimulus, response, reactions. And while it does build a good body of information, uh, largely built on animal uh, models with mice and mazes and pigeons and cages and the like, its translation to human behavior is going to have its limitations as we see a little bit later in the course and with our next 
uh, our next uh, theoretical bodies with the humanistic movement and with the cognitive revolution, um, it does create a big body of literature about stimulus uh, behavioral responses. And probably, so I mentioned John B. Watson, uh, he's going to do some work uh, with, with uh, what's known as Little Albert, and then he's going to uh, leave academia, and he's going to have a huge influence on parenting and the education system. Uh, he's going to use behavioral methods and on those things, and uh, uh, one thing we do have to note about behaviorism, and he's also going to have a huge influence on marketing. Most of our modern marketing system, most of the American parenting approach, and the majority of our education system is built on the behaviorist movement uh, back when. And a lot of the problems with um, American parenting, uh, marketing, uh, and our education system can be traced to the behaviorist movement as well. So we'll get to those later in the course when we get to human development and when we get to uh, learning and cognition. Uh, we'll see the benefits but the limitations of the behaviorist movement and we'll see how uh, a lot of our parenting flaws can be traced directly back to uh, John B. Watson uh, who wrote one of the very first parenting books and we'll see how a lot of our parenting thoughts and behaviors in the United States are very poor um, in this kind of idea because he once said bring me your child it doesn't matter where they come from whether they be poor or rich tell me what you want them to be and using the principles of behaviorism I will make them into what you want them to be whether it be an attorney a physician what or the like and we'll see that it has many flaws in his thinking. Um, B.F. Skinner is the next person in the behaviorist movement that we really should uh, spend some time with and we will spend some time with uh, later on in the course. Uh, uh, he has an interesting history. He, uh, he is probably one of, if John B. Watson is the father of behaviorism, B.F. Skinner is the poster child for behaviorism. Uh, he, he uh, even on his deathbed, he was writing a treatise of behaviorism and its, its staunch support. Uh, B.F. Skinner, uh, we will learn, did a lot of miraculous uh, experiments. He was a genius scientist and experimenter, as we will see. And indeed, our first guided bomb was uh, actually designed by B.F. Skinner using pigeons. Um, and we'll get to that later on in the course. The fall of behaviorism is going to come in a couple forms. One we'll see in the next section with humanistic theory. Uh, the second one is really when it comes to the development of language. And B.F. Skinner is going to write how uh, language develops through reinforcement. So every word that you say is reinforced by mom. So when you say the, oh, mom goes, oh, you said that word correct and everything. So, and that's going to be challenged by someone named Noam Chomsky, 
who is a linguist, and, and uh, if uh, many may know, he actually teaches for University of Arizona. Um, and Noam Chomsky is going to kind of basically say, what a ridiculous notion, because uh, just uh, we'll talk more about this when we get to developmental psychology, but uh, I don't know about you, but the average child uh, learns uh, somewhere about 150,000 different words in early childhood education. And I don't remember my mom saying good job for every 150,000 words I learned, but that's the basis in the fall of behaviorism is where we learn a lot of things that we're not necessarily rewarded for and that uh, is really going to be the fall of behaviorism and we'll see the rise of humanistic theory which brings back human motivation free will and the cognitive revolution which is going to bring back the study of mental life which behaviorism tried to erase but that's behaviorism and now let's take a look at human motivation in lecture 10